All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 121 of The Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, Mots, we're recording a little bit later in the week than we normally do. We had you know, been on the ice. It's been a busy week, so we've kind of caught up a bit. But what's happening? Uh, not too much. Uh, there it is. Not too much. <laughs> Not too much, but then I go into like you know yeah. a ton of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just your, yeah. That's, that's going to be your thing. Yeah, <laughs> not, not too much. Not too much, Mott. Oh God. Um, yeah, played in a uh, little two day thing with our boy Andy. A little sleepover. I, I mentioned it last week, but um, you know, unfortunately, couldn't make the Thursday night skills. Uh, his son Brady uh, was a nice fill in for. The Thursday night skills down at Tony Kent, which uh, he did a great job. He did. Game was a little loose, but uh, had a good time. It was like work, you know, fun golf related, and uh, and then uh, you know was fortunate enough to uh, you know go to a derby party with you with our boy Chris Devon. You know, raising funds for the right reasons, and and you picked the the right horse, right? Yeah. So funny thing was. Um... We went up, you know, great fundraiser for Devo, who obviously has been a great supporter of the show and um, and everything. So, you know, as, as we're going in now, it's kind of frantic. They had some 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 betting situations going. So it was like, all right, give me the two horse, the six horse, the nine horse, the 12 horse. And basically I took five horses, right, and just picked them all. And it was like 10 bucks a piece. Half of it goes to charity. Half of it goes to the winner, right? And – the guy looks at me and he's like, ah, there is no nine horse. And I'm like, all right, perfect. Give me the eight. So like that was the, um, that that's how I picked the winning horse. You know what I mean? But <laughs> ended up being good. It paid for about a, you know, a half a round and like yeah. a piece of calamari down at Alba. But um, it was, uh, it, it was an excellent time. It was great. And you know what? But I knew we were going to be hot and I should have done something. So we were at street hockey earlier in that day and um we're watching roller hockey game and joanna's like oh my god i think a bird just just pooped on my head <laughs> so i'm like dude my first reaction was like dude we need to bet the derby like the, that's yeah, good luck go. and it's she's like get it out of my hair <laughs> like, and she got her hair all mind. did up she, yeah know? she got her hair did for the party um you know, ready to go. So she's like, immediately she's got her, her friend, Christina's like getting it out of her hair. I'm like, I'm not touching that thing. She, she's in there wiping it out with like napkins and, and all this stuff. And then luckily the hairdresser was right around the corner and, and she went back there, they washed her and whatever that, whatever they do at those type of situations. It's, a, it, it's no super cuts like you go to, you know what I mean? But uh, she was all set it up and it was a disaster uh avoided or no it was a disaster it was just uh, you know we, we we handled it you know yeah. we adapted we adapted yeah, just a deal. Yeah. we figured it out we figured it out and powered through uh the hair looked great uh you know the, it was a great night great time great night um like i said couple bucks but it was uh it wasn't you know it wasn't like i was uh some whole eddie old chuck or something you know what i mean yeah yeah running the ponies yeah it was like, oh, give me the nine horse no uh, we, there is no nine. nine. Oh, all right, I'll take That's the eight. Fine. <laughs> now it the girls really looked fun. great. Yeah, everyone, uh, you know, dressed up. And my first derby party was it was a ball though. We had uh, a good time. I think we should have went with like the Harry and Lloyd, um, Dumb and Dumber costumes. Some, but it, it it was yeah, great time. Felt good to get the suit on and uh, get all dolled up. It was a really good time. And obviously, we appreciate Devo. Uh, inviting us down there a lot of fun and then yeah same thing here it was a busy weekend busy week i should say of uh kids sports baseball lacrosse all that stuff's going on um staying busy staying active during this time of year right so yeah the weather's turning which is nice and you know um able to you know come back from that two-day thing and immediately mowed the lawn i pulled up i was like oh no no Uh, that's unacceptable that's super bowl yeah, so that was pumped for that. Um, and then uh, Sunday was a great facility in Quincy, uh, the um, Veterans Memorial uh, Field there, the turf football field. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brooke, Ell- 
had a lacrosse game early Sunday. Went up there and, you know, the sun's beating down and, you know, it was great uh, to just sit there and, you know, relax and watch uh, her learn the game a bit. And The they, pro uh, team plays over there. Yeah, exactly. Yep. No, yeah, Ben, I think it's like cool. the Jacks or something or something like that. But yeah, yeah, I, I was really impressed with the facility. Uh, that that Sunday uh, ended up just being, you know, an early lacrosse, and then you know get back and, and kick back. But um, you know, a lot of playoff hockey going on. You know, w- you know, three games in a day. I was like, oh, this is amazing. So the DVR is like full on, full on. Uh, You're gonna you know, be running out of sticks home. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, hey, can you can you record that game and then you know put the earmuffs on. <laughs> so I can, you know, watch. But uh a lot of great hockey the pitch you know, style at this uh at this time of year. And we uh you know end up watching uh, a bunch, you know, like my daughter is really uh you know interested in you know a few of the games and you know get to watch a couple periods with her. My son's in, involved, but this thing called the Town Cup, you know, that they're playing in, um and I'm coaching. Oh boy. Uh, you the, the U18 group, and, you know, it's just, like, something that we talk about all the time, right? So there's not really coaching. It's really just managing, you know, nonsense if it gets to that point. So they, at the U18 level, they took out the checking to try to, like, limit certain things, right? Um, But it's still the same game, you know? I just, I, I told them, I was like, listen, you know, they went. They thought they were going to throw their sticks out there and and be good. And I go, every time you strap on your skates, and we talk about this stuff, you want to be the best player you can be. You know, whether it be you know the spring tournament that is like a town related, you know, uh, pride thing, really. And um, you know, you want to move the puck, expect it back, but like the effort has to be there, whether checking. Or not like if you're a physical player, you know, it takes a, a big asset out of your game, but mm-hmm. you still have to be able to play the game correctly and compete. You know, like you don't have to blow people up to compete. And right, it was a good lesson for me watching because, like, some kids just like get you know, foot off the gas, just you know, and then execution, it, it, everything it led into bad play. And I go, listen, I'm not coaching. I'm just, like, telling you what is correct for you guys individually. You know, if you care, you care. So they came out in the second half and had a good showing and, you know, ended up getting half a point or whatever it was a point. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens this week. But it's fun because, you know, you, you're there. There's, these kids know what to do. Uh, you know, there's not a ton on the line other than personal Pride. pride, yeah. So that's just one of the things you know. I just wanted to bring up. It was like every time you strap your skates on and you touch that ice, you want to do something productive, right? You know, whether you know in, in in anything you do at whatever age, even in men's league, like for Jersey Shore. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. No, that's good. It's good. They're lucky that they have you on the bench and not some lunatic that was yelling and screaming. And you're like, hey, take the advice if you want. If you don't, then Whatever. Yeah. It's you. on you, kid. Right. It's on you. Um, well, good stuff. Obviously, uh, great interview last week with Tony Amonte. We got a DM. Uh, I was at the symposium this past weekend, and Jack Parker told the story about a 30-goal puck being tossed to him by Tony Amonte. <laughs> the question was about adjusting uh, goals for his players. So at least Jack kind of, uh, you know, talks about uh, adjusting goals for his players. I think he wanted to adjust uh, – you know, Tony into more of a dump it in guy at the red line, and then he just uh, you know, lit a fire under his ass. Maybe a little reverse psychology. But I also heard uh, we'll speak about this offline. But uh, another former NHL and kind of going a little nuts down at that level five symposium. So uh, you and I can talk about that later. That's not for the uh, the broadcast. So kind of a a wild yeah, but, story. I mean, we heard the story from a couple guys that you know from down in Atlanta. Yeah, and then it, and it was confirmed. Yeah, it did just kind of a silly situation. But uh, going back to to Tony, great guest, a lot of uh, value there. Uh, mm-hmm. Number one, you know, listening to him as a player, you know, getting behind Jeremy Roenick, who was like an exceptional player. But if there is a player that's better than you, get behind him in line and try to duplicate and and keep up. And that's that was like a very simple thing. 
Yeah. You know, and you're not thinking about edge work. You're not doing whatever. You're just trying to keep up. And, um, you know, and you just like that internal drive that we talk about a lot. And, you know, he was struggling. He wanted to be scoring. Like, he's just a competitor. And his, you know, his teammate picking him up and just being like, hey, man, just one at a time. One at a time. And then one at a time going off on, uh, you know, and scoring 30. But in the, the story that I heard, too, was like, you know, I think it was a ref in the game that was like, oh, I, I, I like this Tony Monty, but he pushed the goalie out of the way to get his own puck out of the net. I think he scored a hat trick that game. No <laughs> so, way. Yeah. So, we, you know, we're adding to the story now, but his 30th, you know, and then he grabs it and throws it to Jack Parker. And it was like, but, but Parker being able to like talk about it during that symposium was pretty cool validation on, you know, individual and team and, and motivation and, all the good stuff that goes into uh, a good hockey player. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Mots, we uh, we do have the mailbag, so we're going to get into that as soon as we can. But let's uh, let's talk about Franklin Sports, the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Check out their line of NHL street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today. Um, obviously, those guys have been great partners of us. And, uh, you know, it's now's the time. The weather's getting nice. Get outside, train. Work on your hands, work on your stick handling, right? Be the next Connor Bedard. Go out and, and start stick handling and toe dragging with just your top hand and get it stronger, right? Yeah. No, that, like that that story behind his, you know, top hand getting stronger because of a unfortunate injury, you know, led to him working at it. But you can use that as some guidance into what you need to do to, you know, create that strong top hand. He did it through necessity, but um you know, being able to control that top hand, stick handle, and then you know, obviously with the shot, with the push pull, uh, really, you know, he's an elite shot because of it. Um, but he he definitely worked at it, not just mm-hmm. because he had the the broken uh, hand, but it was one of the things that I really took from. Um, you know, he was he was shooting fox and doing stuff all the time, and then. What was the story? Like uh, they went away, and he was able to bring his rollerblades. Was it in like Hawaii or something? Yeah, they were going to Hawaii, and he yeah. brought like a hockey stick and rollerblades. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that you know, he got off the plane. They were like, "This is the first time we've ever seen this." The, you know, yeah. this type of equipment uh, travel with. So yeah, really cool stuff. And hey, great messages, right? Like the kid loved the game, wanted to do it all the time, and, and you know, yeah, I'll go on vacation, mom and dad. But uh, right. <laughs> I'm bringing my rollerblades. I'm bringing my stick. And, and there's always a way where you can go and, and, and train and stay into it, right? And the kid that wants it the most is going to be the, the successful one. So it's uh, that, that's great stuff, that internal motivation like we talk about. Uh, all right, Mots, let's get into the mailbag. Um, this is a great one to start off with. Hey, guys, I love the show. I have a 2016 quotations stud, uh, obviously. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, who was recently invited to be a part of the BioSteel Series team that's coming to Boston in May for a tournament. My question for you two is, is, is something like this worth doing? Is it beneficial to a six-year-old, or is it simply a money grab? Uh, thanks, guys. John from Nashville. Well, I would say, you know, a couple of things here. It's like, you know, to have a, a tournament, you know, with BioSteel, bio you know, representing like because like they go all the way to the national league and you know so like the name brand is you know catchy and whatnot but for a six-year-old no it's not beneficial um other than an experience like to go see a city you know be with his friends whatnot but like the the tournament itself you know you can work on skills you know with the free uh franklin street hockey you know at franklin sports.com you know you know doing stuff like that to really improve your game this isn't going to improve his game so the benefit the benefit is the experience really about you know traveling to another city but at six years old i think it's still really early to do that yeah it 100 percent is and i think you know john is you know by the tone of what I'm reading, he's he's kind of laughing about calling his 2016 a stud, and he's got the ha-ha-has going in there and everything. And like you said, it's an experience. If you want to do it, have fun with it. But, again, he's six years old. Um, 
it, more more for the parents, you know. Got, right. Boston you want to come up? You want to catch us? Catch a Sox game right. on the beach? You know, make a family vacation out of it. It, it is what it is. Uh, but it, it's not like it's definitely. It sure as hell isn't going to uh, hurt his long term hockey career if uh, if he doesn't attend. If you want to stay in Nash Vegas for the weekend, let's trade places. I'll give you my house. We'll go down there. <laughs> a little uh, house swap. Yeah, exactly. Um, hey, I'm in on that. Yeah, of course. That's what I said. Huh. Where will switch? Yeah, they actually, they can have your house. Yours is better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta watch your kids, though. You gotta watch yeah. all of our kids. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the, the, that's the uh, the carrot there. You know. <laughs> yeah, good luck. You know. But no, John. Yeah, th- thanks for uh, you know writing in and. You know, I mean, again, it's it, you, you got to keep it in perspective, right? You know, and I think you do have that, according to what you're saying. But like, if you do want to make a trip, you know, it's worthwhile to come up to Boston. I know we're biased because we're from here, but it is a cool city, a lot of history, and you can get around. It's not too overwhelming, and you can make a nice trip out of it. I got a couple of cool BioSteel water bottles last week, and I, you know, we had a little going away party for Mike Greer's son, who's going to be moving out, you know, they're going to be, family's going to be relocating with his dad's new job, and, and the Elevator 2 guys were kind enough, we would, we had a little three-on-three tournament at the rink there in Stoughton, uh, that they just recently took a, took over the Elevator 2 South Shore, and uh, the guys, they, you know, Hutch and the boys over there were, uh, you know, they gave the kids some water bottles and bio steel, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, as soon as I brought them home to my older kids, they're like, oh, nice, a bio steel water bottle. So it makes you feel pretty cool about it. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, it, it definitely has name recognition because, you know, they have a lot of the top athletes, you know, from the top down and um, from the NHL. And But, you know, again, you just, you know, temp- temper it. It's, uh, it's still early. I'll say. All right, I get the uh, next one. Hey, fellas, I have a 2012, and I'm just wondering how serious should us crazy parents get about being on the best team our kid can make before, say, the age of 13. As we watch the NCAA finals of young men competing at the top of their age group, I can't seem to find anything on hockey DB, elite prospects, etc., about their careers or anyone's careers, for that matter, pre-14 uh, years old. Is it because it's not going to make or break a kid's career when he doesn't make the AAA team or nine years uh, at nine years old, or is it that they just don't track them that young? Keep up the good ro- good work, boys. Cheers and thank you. And that's about the question. They, they did like a a a a a like a like a about five A's here in this uh, little note. So yeah, to answer your question, like. Who the hell in their right mind is going to start tracking kids when they're 10, 11, 12 years old? Like, who cares? They haven't even hit puberty yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hockey DB, elite prospects, like, they're not going to, they're not looking at your stats when you're 12 years old. None of it matters. Uh, it's good. You know, get around good coaching, get on good teams, have fun, make good friends. Um, but, like, no scouts going to look at your elite prospects page when they're, when they're 12 years old. Right. Uh, it, it just doesn't matter. You know, it, it matters, right? You want to build a good foundation for that, for, for that hockey player, um, boy or girl, but, and, and you want to have a lot a great experience and a lot of fun with it. But like, let's be real. It's, it, you know, they haven't hit puberty yet. That there's, there's going to be so, you know, life's going to hit them hard and fast when they get to that 13, 14, 15 year old year yet. So hockey DB, I mean, hockey DB barely even has some of the. Um, you know, I guess June, like that doesn't even have it junior. doesn't even have prep schools on it. No. Yeah, but elite uh, prospects does. Right. Um, Who's keeping yeah. those stats? Uh, yeah, that's the parent. <laughs> no, but like at fifteen, sixteen, that's I think when it starts turning. So yeah, don't put any merit into seeing that, but it, it is. Interesting because you, you when you want to look up, you know, some of these players and like what they did, and it is interesting because you know we had some of those guys on and they didn't play on the top teams like, um, you know, like Colin uh, Colin Graff for example, you know, from Quinnipiac, and kind of developed a little later and you know, became a good player because he continued to work at it, you know, during that growth uh, time in his life, and we, um, you know. 
we just don't you just don't know and you know we, we talk about it all the time development comes at different times for different in different forms for different players and people and um but that foundation like you mentioned is is the biggest thing to make sure that you have a good foundation to build on right no absolutely um you know both those uh, our guests from quinnipiac both talked about being late bloomers and different yeah. things like that so anything can happen um be patient have fun, enjoy it, and, and it'll all work out. Uh, all right, I got the next one here. Guys, as a potential first-time head coach for a 10U travel hockey team, what's more important to have from your experience? A reliable assistant to help make practices and games run smoother and be an associate coach of sorts or a do-it-all team manager to take over all aspects of the team off the ice, which allows you to focus mostly on coaching. And that's from Coach Al. I think that's that's a great question. You know, I can't, what about three? All of the above. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I was like, <laughs> if you can get both, then it makes your position much easier. Uh, reliable assistant coach really does help. Big time. You know, you, you, know, you can. Lean on them, you know. Like, let's just say you can't make it. You know that the the group is in good hands, um, you know, and you're on the same page. Whether it be, you know, some like discipline, not discipline, but like you know, being firm on certain things that matter. You know, at that age, it's you know more effort and you know attention span, in my opinion. And then, um, but having a team manager takes a lot off your plate. You know, it's just you know from punching in scores to, you know, like team, um, you know, communication. It's, it's, uh, it's a really big deal. You know, like I had uh, Mike Bonner as our team mom and um, (laughs) who sent us that, that video. I know that's why I got to beat him up a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You got to give him buzz his tower a little bit. You get angled by Yaga. Yeah, he he's the best. Uh, and, but the funny part As is we watched mom. That's great. We watched that going down to uh, Stanford, Connecticut to play the uh, midfield field ranges. Uh, you know, it was like a three, you know, and change ride down there. And the yeah, kids down the Chelsea Piers, yeah, 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 yeah. And, when, and the kids were asking. This is when I kind of first stopped playing. I forget how I came up and I'm like, oh, this is one thing that was like really embarrassing, but you know, you guys know who this player is. They're like, oh my God, that's awesome. Like, you know, because it was Yaga. I'm like, no, that, that was me on, on D. And they're like, oh <laughs> like so that's Coach, why but, yeah, Bono was like, I know exactly where to find it and sent it in. So that was great. But no, so going back to the question, invaluable to have a person that you can lean on. For all, you know, whether it be a tournament, uh, some schedule changes, whatnot. And it's really good to surround yourself with good resources um, along those lines. So I would say not one, two, but that three, all of the above, like you said. I think the only thing is, I would say this, finding a real quality assistant coach is going to be difficult than kind of you coaching up a team manager. So you can, you can. Like if you your priority is try to find that good team manager because you can train a parent, any parent or, you know, whether it's uh, I've had dads, I've had moms in the past that like, hey, do you mind just really helping out um, organizing the schedule, setting up the hotel, setting up team dinners? And, you know, you find that one or like there's 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 one or two in every bunch. Um, So I find those a lot easier to find versus the a good quality hockey guy or girl as uh, the assistant coach. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah, but that it doesn't happen all the time. But if there is someone that has some ability to kind of take the burden off of just you having the one voice. And again, it's about like practices, games, whatnot, but also to have that other voice uh, for the kids to not just tune you out after you're, you know, saying the same things or, you know, similar things. It's coming from a different voice, maybe a different approach where you guys are on the same page, though. That's invaluable. Right. Um, all right. You get the next one or do I get the next one? Yeah, I'll take it. Um, so I'll summarize this one a little bit. Yep. Uh, yep. A Bantam player on a uh, top 20 team in New England with a national reputation, um, excels at skating, speed, hockey IQ, work ethic. 
and coachability, but lacks confidence and size. Despite working his way up, he ended the season feeling down about his role and playing time. Uh, although we have seen him grow over the past two seasons, he ended the season feeling down on himself about his stats, playing time. He is more about not making mistakes than being creative. He felt like his role dwindled to quick shifts and occasionally skipped shifts. Our biggest reason for staying is for the coach, who is a true professional and very knowledgeable. Parents wondering if our son's development in practice can compensate for lack of game time or if he should switch to a less competitive team for a more prominent role. He values making the play over getting the glory and wants a shot at developing and competing. That's uh, you know, that's pretty good stuff. I mean, that is, it's, it's, it's good. Good question. I mean, my thing, you know, Bantam player, obviously lacking size and confidence, right. You know, so let's just say he's, he's a kid that really isn't going through puberty yet. Right. He's a little behind the curb, which isn't a big deal. You can learn and you can become a better player and a smarter player through that and, and having that size disadvantage, um, you know, it might hurt you a little bit, but it'll, you know, it'll come if you figure it out and learn to play with your head up and make plays and make good decisions, um, you know, and, and not leaving, leaving yourself vulnerable in, uh, in open ice. So, you know, I think there's some pros to it. There's also some pros to, um, you know, maybe dropping down a level, right. And being that guy that's going to handle the puck and be out there on the power play and the penalty penalty kill especially at this stage of the game right i think confidence you you know mods like confidence is such a big thing in in life in general not just but especially in in sports like if you're confident and you're feeling the puck and you know you're out there and you're making plays like there's something to be said for that so um you know I think developing that confidence by maybe, you know, for a year, like just because you drop him down for a year, I don't think that's the end of his hockey career by any means. Like it's not the end of the world. So, you know, I would think long and hard about it. I was, I would have conversations with the coach about it and, and kind of see where he's at. Yeah. I think, I think you, you hit it on the head with the, it it is uh, not a tough decision. It's, you're going to be, getting something out of both right Right. so if if you stick it out and you will you know get you know better in the practice you're playing against better players and in that say you want kind of limited role Mm -hmm. um you're seeing the speed and then but like you can still gain confidence by playing a limited role by having some success like all of a sudden it's like oh and then you start figuring it out and that would be the best if, if you know, this player is capable of doing it, you know, figuring it out and then getting the confidence at that level. But to your point, you know, going down and, but I just feel like sometimes you, you want the touches, but then also it's like you, you, you could get into bad habits where you wouldn't get into bad habits on the other side. Right. But like either way, I, I mean, you're going to benefit in some capacity with whatever decision is made. And if maybe you know, it maybe it's like doing the, the the higher team that you're staying with, but mi- like mixing in some some other games to to, to help, feel it. yeah, to touch it, to, yeah, yeah, that's to good. fill the puck a little bit more, yeah, right? Seeing if you if can drop down or play yeah. in the even if you're just playing in like a, a you know he's a bantam age kid, like a a um, freshman team or a, a middle school right. league uh, right. during that winter months where they are handling pucks and making plays and you know. Um, getting that confidence that way yeah or playing on that team the lower team and practicing with the upper team could be I mean, yeah could be that yeah. as well yeah like i don't know i mean there's a lot of options here but you know just having an open discussion with the coaches like you said would be valuable to just get a little more information on how they view you know your son mm-hmm. and you know kind of make a educated decision on it and and more importantly talk to you guy about it and just see where, where he feels, you know, especially uh, if you trust the coach. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like the, you know, I think that's a, a, a the way to go um, mm-hmm. because it is, you know, either way there's, there's going to be benefits, maybe a, a little more negative. Um, I think to, you know, getting into bad habits and not playing as correctly. 
if the coaching isn't as good and you're allowed to do more and like cheat the game a bit. Whereas if you're not cheating the game and you gain the confidence by playing the right way, and then you know you you, you build that way, that would be, I think, ideal. But you don't want to force it either. You know, if if it's one of those situations where, you know, you know, kind of being down on himself and you know, you know about stats and playing time and just not and worried about making mistakes, you can't play that way. So there's there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of stuff here, which is great, but I also feel. You know, either way, it it, it could go. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, an interesting one, and we appreciate you ch- uh, chiming in on the uh, the mailbag here. But I would like to know about this one. You know, like what you decide. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a little follow up. Yeah, um, all right, let's get um get on to the next one. Hey guys, I love the podcast. I have a question that I was hoping you could help with. Uh, my son plays on the twelve U team. And for several several years, there have been two families on the team that are unbearable to deal with. Uh, the kids are nice, but the fathers are awful. These two grown men have bullied, slandered, and emotionally abru- abused my 11-year-old son and a few other kids on the team. I assume it's a result of jealousy or immaturity. Either way, as a parent, I feel I need to protect my son from this abuse and leave the team which is a hard decision because he loves the organization, coaches, and his teammates. Any thoughts on how to navigate this? This yeah, is I have, beautiful. I have, I have a couple. like One, yeah. one in I particular, mean, but we can't. We can't I kind of want to say it, but I won't. Um, but you know what we're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Address it man-to-man, man-to-men, about mm-hmm. how they're talking to your kid. There's not a chance. They're not coaches. There are other fathers like, come on, if if your son's having a ball with his teammates and the organization and coaches, not a chance he should leave the team because of two stupid people, you know, that aren't even really involved. So I just I think that's, you know, it's brutal on them, but stand up and, and talk to them. Yeah, that's my uh-huh. opinion. I'm yeah, like, that's that's the only way to to to, to handle it. Like. There's no reason, you know, and if these guys can't act like grown men, and I mean, there's well, so they're not even that, coaches but, on the team; they're just two complete idiot pa- parents that are. But you know, we don't know that this might be the mom too. Like we, it doesn't say, right? But still, either way, like be an adult and talk to them as adults. Exactly. Yeah. It, um, yeah, it has to be done. It, it, yeah, because it, it, I mean, if if your son, I mean, how do we? So so like, but if. If you find out that your son's be like, are, they, are these like you're hearing things behind back, or are they like they're actually going and talking shit yeah. about your kid, like to your kid, your 11 year old kid? Yeah. Um, it, like, unacceptable. Uh, completely unacceptable. By those so, two. Yeah. By those two. And yeah. and now, you know, as as adults, um, mom or dad, or, or, or a combination of both, like, I would have a, a a serious conversation with those people. Yeah, just back off. Yeah, you know, because I it, I mean, number one, who does that? And if it is through jealousy and immaturity, then that's on them, unfortunately. But you have to stand up for your son if he's in a good spot and he likes his his teammates and coaches. So, you know, there's no need to leave over two idiots. You know, yeah, that's that's my opinion. Like I just, yeah. And if it escalates, you, you, give us you a know. call. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'll take the next one. Can you be an effective coach of a higher level team if your player is the worst on the team? Only there because you are the coach. So you, okay, I got it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question because it, it does is happen. a good question. Yeah. Can you be an effective coach of a higher level team if your player is the worst on the team and only there because you are the coach? I would say yes because you're you're giving back and you know if you if you are a good hockey coach, you know how to handle that kid that is you know your player, right? So your son, um, depending on where we're at in in terms of age group, um, you know if we're talking a you know, a high school age kid, right? Like as long as there's no favoritism from the coach to your own kid, like you're putting him where he should be. You know what I mean? Like he's playing whatever on that third line, on that fourth line. He's not the guy out there 
on the penalty kill, on the power play. You're not making it about him where it's, you know, an absolute disaster. You, you, you know, as a coach, you're worried about the other, whatever, 15 to 20 kids that are on the roster, not just about your little, um, you know, your little sweetheart. So, you know, I think you obviously can be an effective coach with that if the coach is able to to navigate it and handle things the right way. You know what I mean? At the younger age groups, I think, of course, like, you know, as long as the, the coach can, it's the same thing. Like, you know, the power plays, the penalty kills like that really shouldn't matter at the younger age groups. But you know what I'm trying to say on, on that point, right? Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good point. Um, it's a good question because it does, this situation does arise more than you would think. Oh, it definitely so- arises it, 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 a, a ton, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, if you think about, you know, the, the parent slash coach, you know, doing it, you know, to try to, you know, bring the kid along, that's one thing. You know, if you're, you know, like say you're a former player, you, you've played at a higher level, whatever it was. And like the program really wants you to have an impact on the group, and your son is a byproduct of what you've done. That's what happens a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes you have to remove yourself and think about your son or daughter in that situation. Like they 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 feel it. They know it. If they're mm-hmm. like well behind, so you know if this happens, yes, you can be an effective coach and coach up the group. But usually, when you have to coach up the lower end, the uh, you know the top end kids suffer a bit. You know what I mean. So, in one of them, if they are your, you know, son or daughter, then it it makes it very difficult to, mm-hmm. you know, do it effectively. But yes, you can still be a good coach. But then you have to reevaluate and 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 slot your player in the proper, you know, skill sets uh, or you know um, level so that they do get some confidence because in innately kids might not outwardly be mean, but if the coach's kid is the worst player, they, they're going to have resentment, mm-hmm. you know, kind of dragging the group down and they can't say anything so much because the coach is the coach. And, you know, so it just it adds for like a tough dynamic. But if you think about it, take take a step, uh, you know, step back and like evaluate where your son or daughter is should be slotted. Then you have to make that decision and and, and properly put them where they deserve to be. Yeah, and as a parent, you got to be kind of mature about it too. Like you got to all right, this guy is a really good hockey guy or um, really good hockey girl, wherever. Like played at a high level. Um, he can really make an impact on the other 15 kids on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, is that what you want? And, you know, if you hear your son or daughter talking kind of a little bit of crap, right? It's like, hey, he's your teammate. You know, you deal with it. Help pick him up. Let's help get him better. He's a good kid. Yada, 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 right? So I think uh, all that stuff is is important and a lot of different ways to go with it, right? Yeah, but the ultimate is really just good evaluation in self and then for your your kid. If you're blinded by it, but like he's already saying that his kid's like the worst player. So um, mm. and kind of asking how. You so know, maybe you push him, pull him back, right? Yeah, that's that would, that would be fine. Uh, and then you can still coach at that level. Right, exactly. I kind of re- was reading it the other way. Like, I didn't know if it was like an older team or, or, or what, you know what I mean? Okay. But makes sense. No, it definitely does. Um, you know, speaking of the best kid on the team, right? TSR Hockey uh, in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire is where you can stock up on all your equipment needs. TSR stocks team apparel, CCM, Bauer, you name it, does everything in-house, embroidery, printing. Uh, you can reach out to their team store, 603 603- Nine one two five nine seven zero. Ask for Micah, Dave, and they will take care of you. Um, TSR's New England's premier hockey store, and um, you can visit them online as well. TSRHockey.com for all your shopping needs. If you're in the store up there in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire, make sure you say hello to Brendan and the guys in the store and tell them the Rink Shrink sent you. Yeah, it's that time of year. Like, make sure you get your team fittings and. Everything all squared away. They have the best selection around. TSRHockey.com. Check them out on the website. 
And if you are local, Brendan is the man up there in Salem, New Hampshire, and he'll take very good care of you. Yes, he will. Uh, all right. Hey, guys, uh, what's the stigma behind dad coaches? Wow, we got a lot of dad coaching questions, right? My kid will be a first-year squirt. I'll be a fifth-year uh, coach as a dad. He played four as a mite, four years of mites. Uh, and myself and the other guys, I know, treat coaching like a part-time job as volunteers. We work on learning edge work. We teach actual strategy. We focus on fun, all the things that any other coach would do, maybe even more so since we have actual investments on our own and our friends' kids. Uh, we are we are all – what are all these paid coaches offering that we aren't? Uh, and Or why do I see so much hate towards dad coaches on the internet groups? And that's from Coach Knox. Coach Knox, let me give you a you – know, Right off the bat, go ahead. Right off the rip. Do not go on internet groups. Do not look at that nonsense. Exactly. Like, it, who gives a, you yeah. know what? I know, because it's a rabbit hole, and then you start overthinking it. off of internet groups. Yeah, it's silly. Um, you know, so there is a point here that, you know, you know, I would say we don't have many paid, you know, coaching positions per se. I know. But in other areas. parts of the country, it's becoming a big thing. Yep, yep. Um, I think the attraction, the attraction to that is that, you know, there is no bias like our last question, you know, Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, a a parent, you know, uh, coach. Um, but if you're qualified, you're qualified and, you know, we kind of worked through it on the last question, but if you're learning, you know, you're working on learning the edge work, you know, strategy, focus on fun, all the things that, are important um you know you're doing the right things so i just think the perception of a non-parent coach uh, is attractive to people that think there would be a bias and you know whether you you know know it or not or like it or not there is a lot of bias out there to you know some parent coaches so like that's why you know, the paid coaches might be a little bit more attractive, mm-hmm. uh, even though you're doing the right things. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you and I have always been a fan of of, of coaches, um, parent coaches, dad coaches, mom coaches, whatever it is. I think it, th- that that's great. And we all are volunteer, uh, you know, and we t- take it very serious. I think most of the parents, especially because we are very vested in it, right? We're both those parents. Uh, I definitely see some uh positives when it comes to paid coaches right because you know you're gonna put the they better be putting the effort in right they better be getting the 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 effort the practices like we you know i think back to tony amonti's interview like what did he say hey if there was a another capable guy another capable um you know hockey guy that could actually coach it like i think if i turned back the clocks i would step away from it right so you know you think of those things sometimes it's a hell of a lot easier to just have that non-parent coach and let, Hey, you're the non-parent coach. You're dealing with all the issues. Good luck to you. You know what I mean? So I think there's definitely pros and cons to both. I ran an organization before where we had paid coaches. I always found it to be uh, a bit of a headache because especially if they were on the younger age group, because parents are going to be there. They're going to be at everything. They're driving the kids. They're well, you know, like you just said, they're vested in the program. They have to get their kids there. On a Sunday morning at 8 a.m., do you think that non-parent coach wants to drive two hours to Enfield, Connecticut, or wherever it is? Like, probably not, even if he is getting paid a couple bucks. Uh, So, you know, I agree with you, but I definitely see that, that, you know, if you want it to be treated like kind of an NHL program, like you have that paid coach and it's going to be, pretty cutthroat stuff early and often. Yeah. No, I just think, you know, I would say continue to work on your craft so that you can, you know, teach the kids the the right way to play and the right fundamentals and uh, stay off the internet groups. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Oh, and, you know, Spock's the at-home or on-the-road skate shopping machine. 
an unbelievable, you know, I was talking about this the other day with someone and they had just bought one. I'm like, you're going to love it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you head over to sparkshockey.com and you use BY Mods for $50 off your Sparks Sharpener. Sparks is the at-home skate sharpening machine that will never fail. Sparks is the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents. It's convenient, easy to use, and will save you money in the long run. With Sparks, you get an accurate sharpening every single time. Again, head over to sparkshockey.com and order your machine today. Yeah, Mots, hopefully your buddy uh, took care of that BY Mots promo code. Yeah, yeah, good, good. That's great. That's great to see that people are still getting those in the off season, and, you know, you can stock up on your wheels and everything. But we love our spark- Sparks. We've talked about it a ton. Uh, it's it, it's great. Get to SparksHockey.com. Obviously, we're uh, on the ice a couple days a week as of late, so I'm making sure I'm getting my skates done every Every couple times, you know what I mean? Because I got to demo all the drills out there, Mots. I can't be falling on my face when I'm uh, working on our backward skating out there. Yeah, and you do a great job at it. And, yeah, you know, like probably you better now than I was when I was playing. Uh, that's what we were talking about. Like, I wish I knew some of the stuff that we uh, were teaching now. Now, you'd probably still be playing. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, I wish. Uh, all right, I got the next one here. Uh, it's a little summary, kind of a long one. But, hey, Shrinks, uh, Parent of a 2011-born player who is small in size but athletic, competitive, and has made great progress in the last two years. The player is currently a top player on his Tier 1 EHF team, but due to losing players on other teams, the team has dropped from platinum to upper gold. I'm wondering if this downgrade will um, in level will hinder his growth and development, particularly as he aspires to play prep school and college hockey we are seeking recommendations for supporting our child's growth and development such as higher level tournament teams or supplemental skating we are also wondering if it is essential for him to play at a higher level as he approaches high school or if it, he should be patient and let things play out naturally my son really identifies as a hockey player um and it feels like the train is leaving the station and that he won't have the opportunity to catch it. Tell me I'm worrying too much. Uh, keep up the great work. You're a great use resource for parents and coaches um, for this game of hockey. Cheers, Pete. Yeah, 2011, um, you know, top player on a tier one team that, you know, loses its team. I, I don't see any, you know, problem with, you know, giving it another year to – you know, it's not going to like hinder the growth. I say this all the time. It's up to the player to kind of self-motivate at times, putting the work in. Um, you know, still a very young hockey player here. We're talking right. about. I mean, uh, some some I can see where um, Pistol Pete here is is, is getting a little nervous. Yeah, no, it's right he, you know, maybe it's kids yeah. like in the seventh grade and or no. Yeah, he'd be he'd be going into seventh grade next year. But think about that. Like he's still young. He's still he's still definitely young. Yeah. I mean Liam's a t- my my youngest is two thousand eleven. He's in the fifth grade right now. Yeah. So I would say I mean, I don't think you have to worry too much, but there are, you know, some definitely some, you know, resources for you to, you know, grow and develop, you know, like the the tournament teams are just kind of whatever. But supplementing with like some private skills or some good camps that you, you know, have heard about word of mouth or, you know, you, you know, that there's a good instructor that is teaching the right things. Um, and then just like working on your game, you know, just like outside the rink. But if it's dropped, the, the team's dropped down, you know, there's going to have more of a prominent role. We'll have more confidence touching the puck. Uh, so I don't think you have to chase it if that, if you're going to continue to stay with that program. But, um, yeah, it's right on the edge, like you are saying. But, like, I don't think the train has left the station. No. It's, uh, it, it may be calling, like, you know, like, uh, you know, five minutes till, till yeah, boarding. Turn around at South Station. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, you, you, you'll be good. Um Get in, like you said, I think supplementing things, doing some camps, staying on the ice, staying fresh um, will all be important. Starting maybe some a, a little bit of off ice, right, like getting bigger and stronger mm-hmm. and, and doing those things away from the rink. This year, it, if the team drops down a division, 
It's definitely not going to kill them. Uh, it's not going to be the end of the world. But look to supplement, right? Look to maybe do um, some extra skills and, and, and challenging thing. Don't get caught up in the tournament thing, especially, you know, every weekend that circuit. Take that money and reinvest in, in, in some skills or lessons and things like that. I think you're going to get a hell of a lot more out of them, especially if you aspires to uh, play in prep school. You better have that checkbook full. Yeah, there you go. You know, <laughs> it ain't cheap. Good point. Um, all right, my hockey rankings question of the week. Make sure you check out myhockeyrankings.com. Obviously, we got to have those guys on soon. There's been a couple other questions that um, have come in, and we really need these guys' answers on them. So I'm going to reach out to them in the, this weekend and, and, and see if they can join us to answer a couple questions in the upcoming weeks here. But, Mots, we posted this on uh, Instagram, and uh, I think it was great. Do you think hockey video games can help kids learn the game? And that's on my hockey rankings question of the week. I'm going to say no. You can't. If you're watching and playing, you know, like the, the, it's, it's still like unstructured out there. They're not playing like a position. Instead of watching a game, like kids are playing games, I get it. The only thing that's going to help you learn is, you know, some rosters in the NHL, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, it was, it was fun. Like, I'm not going to say I didn't play video games. I loved playing video games, and but I, got, I loved playing out in the street more, you know, and watching WSBK and then Nessa. It's like – you know, that's so I don't Derek think Sanderson. Yeah, I don't think it can help learn the game. I, right. I that's a hard no for me. I remember doing an interview like years ago, I think it was something on ESPN, and and they reached out uh, Sports Illustrated. Like, obviously, it was something to do when, when my brother was playing, and I remember being asked this question, really? and they wrote an article about it. and you know, I'm probably going to say like exactly what I, you know, the exact opposite of what I said in the article. It's it, like <laughs> I said, it was probably 10 years ago. But I do think like, you know, like you said, learning the game, knowing the teams, younger age groups, you know, you're knowing different players around the league. Oh, Carlson's a, a 98. Uh, you know, he's a stud, Ovechkin. I think it can help in that respect. I'll tell you one thing. I walk in my house and it sounds like my son's got his whole hockey team over here playing in the basement, right? So it definitely helps with his team and the camaraderie because they're all gaming on these headsets or whatever the hell it is. And it literally, it's like they're, they're on the TV or he's on the TV playing the game you know, playing NHL and they, they must be playing together. There's FaceTime going on. So in terms of like overall team camaraderie and kids playing together and stuff, it's not exactly the, the ideal, like going out inside and playing, but they're like having a friggin' blast, do it, doing it and, and, and having fun with their friends. And like I said, it's almost like they're, they're sitting in my basement. Cause it's like complete madness. Like, uh, my wife and I walk in, we're like, who's down the basement? And it's like, just my son. And right. it sounds like there's, there's legit a, um, you know, a football team down there. So, I mean, the kids have fun with it. Limit it, limit right. it during the week. You know, is it going to help like your overall hockey IQ and all that type of stuff? I think not. Maybe like if you're getting yelled at by your teammates, like pass the puck and, you know, cause they play on the same team. Yeah. They're not even playing against each other. No, that's pretty cool. You know, that's it is pretty dynamic. cool. Like times have changed, dude, since our Sega days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nintendo. I mean, we were blow. You know, fighting over the the the, the controller, blowing into it to, to when it wouldn't work because dust got in it. So like these kids don't even know what we're talking about now. It's, now you don't even need. You know, we thought it was cool when we got the CDs that you put in to the PlayStation, yeah. right? Yeah, or, or you go to like big gyms and and rent a Nintendo game. Yeah, never return it. <laughs> put blockbuster are uh, yeah, out of exactly. business uh, <laughs> you still get your blockbuster card oh, 100% I still got blockbuster videos from my sister-in-law she used to work at the uh, Hollywood video down the street like we still find stuff in, in the house yeah, a few bounced out the back door Oh, well it's just you know there's, the, the return policy was a little lax and the next thing you know the, the place is out of business so <laughs> yeah right not exactly on us. We were going to return it. They just closed. You weren't being kind and rewinding. You were just not being kind and not returning. No, but they had the auto rewind thing too. Remember if you just stuffed it, like you could rewind it in two seconds. So why do we have to do that? Yeah, I don't know. It's just 
<laughs> I, mean, I, I don't. That, that must have came after, you know, the quick one. Oh, you're right. At at, at the uh, at the store, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I never had that in my house. We barely had a VCR. <laughs> um, good question, though. I think yeah. that's that, that, that that's it, it, whatever. It's fun. Um, all right, updates. We got some more awards to talk about, and we'll, we'll rapid fire here. Who's going to win? Norris Trophy, Carlson, um, Fox, and McCarr. Who's winning? I think Carlson for his season, he had an exceptional season statistically. His team wasn't very good, but he really stepped up and had a rebound season uh, individually. So I think he's going to get it because they really do look at that. Kind of like a comeback player of the year, too. He's battled some injuries and, and yep. things like that. And I know, like I said, I talked to Mike Greer the other day, and he was, I'm like, oh, how was Carlson? And he was like, unbelievable guy, awesome. great yeah. season, leader. Like, so, you know, uh, good for him. I think he's had a great year, and I hope, hopefully he does win it. And it's funny to see, you know, all three of these guys, um, you know, really big points guys and stuff like that. Obviously, you watch like that height, uh, Heiskanen, right? Is it Heiskanen from yeah. Dallas? Like yeah. what he's doing in the playoffs, uh, some of these other guys. You almost wish that these awards could be announced at the end of the playoffs. Yeah, like have a part of that too. So it's like a right. carrot to get in. You know, it, yeah. it strengthens your, your, case your case to win one of these. Yeah, And you, all, all three of these guys, none of them are in it. I know. <laughs> right? Like kind of kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, all right, I, 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 so I guess we're both going Carlson. Can we agree? Yeah, we can agree. All right, perfect. Uh, Jackie Adams, Jackie. Jim Montgomery, Boston, uh, Lindy Ruff, and um, New Jersey. Uh, I'm sorry, Lindy Ruff from New Jersey, Dave Haxtall from Seattle. What do you think? Uh, it, it's going to be a toss-up. You know, in Montgomery and Boston with like a record-setting season, regular season. with uh, If they were wins. still in the playoffs right now, It'd be it'd be better for his case, but you know, but Lindy Ruff uh, has had a, a really nice turnaround with uh, New Jersey and Haxtell with you know the second year of a uh, expansion team. I think it was like a forty point difference, yeah. You know, in in the standings, so you know they're all very deserving. Um, I mean, I don't know, like a record setting, you know, point season by Boston. I think. I think Montgomery will get it. Yeah, I think really, really impressive years by all these guys. And you look at Ruff and and, and Haxtell still in the playoffs. Uh, our jersey might be eliminated, right, by now. Uh, we haven't been watching because we're focusing on the pod. Yeah. But uh, maybe um, potentially. Yeah. But Haxtell, I mean, really impressive. Um, Lindy Ruff, been around forever. And, and, and all these guys, like you said, are very deserving. But I think it's just hard to – it's Montgomery's this year, especially seeing you know record breaking and all that stuff. So spo- uh, spoiler spoiler alert: Jersey is out. Jersey's out. They all lost right. uh, three two in overtime to Carolina. There you go. This is Thursday night we're recording this, so you know, yeah. when it comes out tomorrow morning, everyone should know. We're reading the paper, but <laughs> people um, still read the paper. All right, Ted Lindsay. Uh, Eric Carlson, Connor McDavid, and David Pasternak. What do you think? Uh, this is a good one because it's you know voted on by the players, mm-hmm. um, and it, it it's really cool when your peers you know respect your game you know enough to you know you know like a, nominate you yeah nominate you number one and then I would say uh, I I don't know if. It's a contest. I mean, Connor McDavid is not even close to. I mean, like Prostnick had a great year of Carlson, like we talked about. But from peer to peer, like everyone talks about how unbelievable it, unbelievable Connor McDavid is. So I would say Connor McDavid. Yeah, I think McDavid's definitely going to take that one down. Uh, all right, Vesna, Hellebuck, Sorokin, and Almak. Let me go first because I mean, we're just we're just agreeing with each other here, yeah. and it's got to be Almak. Yeah, he had an unbelievable year. It's like a, his stats, you know, he was there, you know, throughout the most, he played the most games he has in his career and his stats backed it up. You know, it was like, you know, minimal back-to-back losses. If, you know, if there were like that one lo- losing streak, you know, him and Swin, Swinman did share the net a bunch, but his stats were extraordinary this year and he deserves it. 
I'm interested in and Hollaback and, and Sorokin were both very good too. But uh I'm interested to see what happens with the Bruins goaltending. I'm wondering if they may trade Almach. Yeah, they get it for your, they get for a cap. cap space somewhere, and I think yeah. that would be a, a bold move, but Swayman is in the wings looking to take over the net. And he's a restricted free agent. Yep. And so they can get him in. They can't pay both of them. No. So but like you're restricted. That all they have to do is is you know qualify him at 10% to retain his rights, you know. So if they make a move, you know, they do have to pay him. Maybe he gets a bridge bridge contract for a couple three years and you know Yeah, but is he gonna be looking for that? You just no, don't know the big deal like everyone else does, which is yeah, nowadays they need it. I mean, they're getting it. Yeah, so they're much. getting it, but they're buying out I'm not potential. Saying I, I shouldn't have said Right. Like, Pasternak's was a great deal. I think it was at, like, five or six for, you know, like six years, and he outperformed it. But sometimes right. he can get burnt, too. Yeah. They're you bound know. to be burnt by one of these things because they've been getting pretty friendly deals forever. Yeah. Um Mots, as we record here Thursday night, late into the evening, um, you know, before we end this episode, I think it's – Time to give a special Mother's Day shout-out. Um, this Sunday is obviously going to be Mother's Day, so we want to just shout-out the hockey moms out there. Any, uh, you know, obviously our wives. We got HR. We got the CEO, Joanna and Courtney. Um, you know, special happy Mother's Day to our the hockey moms in our life, plus our uh, our own parents. Any good hockey? Uh, I know you, you, you might have called your mother and, and asked a good story. You got anything? You know, I, I was on the phone with her, and uh, it didn't really – it didn't – kind of hit me to ask but i do have a couple that she's just like thinking about i want to ask her if she remembers anything that was cool about art you know from her point of view mm. um she's probably like no you're a pain in the you know what michael <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> so uh um, no i'm just kidding you know her you know she's from cape Breton, nova scotia her, her siblings were just you know kind of spread out over canada but like there was a tournament up in toronto and again, like the summer tournaments, we talk about, but for the right ones, you go, like if there's a good group and you know, pretty competitive. And, you know, we drove up there together and just so great. You know, just you have eight hours together with your mom, right? And you get up there and she has a, a, a great visit with her sister. And, you know, we're coming back and, you know, this is you know before any navigation and whatnot. So we, I'm I'm in charge of the map. I totally mess it up. And, <laughs> oh, and, it was and it was just you and her. Yeah, and now we're starving, and she loves seafood. But like we're in the middle of like nowhere, and it was like this rundown like like rest stop. And she's like, oh, that's you know, then have you know we we'll eat here, and it was like oh scallops. I'm like, well, like even as a young kid, I'm like, ah, I don't know. Yeah. So she buries some scallops and like legit, you know, 45 minutes into the, the ride after she's like, oh, I don't feel very well. I don't feel very well. So she battled. Yeah, that was roadkill. I know. <laughs> she battled for another like, I don't know, four and a half, five hours. And, uh, you know, just like small little things like that that I remember. Um, the other thing would be, how much she cared, you know, you know, like all hockey moms are the biggest support system. And, you know, my mom included, uh, you know, my wife, you know, Courtney, same thing with our kids. But, um, you know, my brother would never sit next to her, uh, you know, when I was playing because she would throw elbows and <laughs> would, I, I mentioned this before, but she was more tired than me after the games. Let's put it that way. Cause they, they're so invested and, and uh and care so much about Canadian, you know, she's into it. Yeah, yeah. So I just uh love you, Mabel, and uh happy Mother's Day. No, oh, yeah, that's great, great stuff. Same thing, it's funny, I was thinking about this. The first thing that popped into my mind was the car rides too, right? Like you know, I remember when I made the decision, obviously when you're younger, it, it, it's kind of hard to remember. And I remember a lot of the, the tournaments my father was coaching, right? So my mother was kind of home with uh with lauren and keith and, and and dealing with them and working full full time but obviously my mother patty like one of the most hard-working people you you ever come across and extremely loyal but i remember the the car rides um to and from cushing right like 
those Sunday night car rides. And I remember, you know, there's times where you got to go back to school and you're kind of dreading it, right? You're there for the entire week. I'm going to miss out on home cooking and, you know, maybe there for a couple weeks at a time, right? But, uh, you know, I remember those car rides just being like, really really special and 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 having those conversations not you know just about everything right about life and it was it was like you never forget those type of things i think it's really cool like nothing to do with hockey obviously we made the decision to go to cushing um you know and hockey was a big piece of it but um you know it was really like you know that sunday night knowing that she's got to go to work early in the morning she you know would go to work at like three four in the morning and and you know work at FedEx and, and run the, the sort in the morning. And, and it's like, but sacrifice, you know, the sacrifices that, that all of our parents make is, uh, is, is really important. So it's, uh, it's great stuff. And like you said, my, uh, you know, same thing with our wives, right. Joanne is the same way. And it's, uh, you know, that they, they, we, we all, you know, she does as much as she can uh, in the hockey world in life. I mean, God forbid if I had to help them with homework, like are you kidding me? Uh, so you know, and and, and making sure there's always a, a, a you know a meal on the table when we come home, and running right back out the door to go to hockey, like all those things. It's it's great memories, and being able to share them with each other is uh, is really cool to go to these kids. You know, all of our kids, what you know, sporting events and being around for hockey and baseball, across you name it. Uh, it's good. So we're very, very lucky, Mott, huh? Oh, very absolutely. fortunate we're from from our parents and wives and all that stuff. So definitely happy Mother's Day to to all the hockey moms out there. And uh, anything else from you? No, no, just to have a have a great day. You know, sometimes I would be like, oh, it's Mother's Day morning, you know? Yeah, and then, and then it's just kind of like on to, you know, the rest of the day because they have a lot of responsibilities. <laughs> but... <laughs> uh you know father's day weekend type thing but um joanna did hit me with the you know oh we're gonna go to dinner or not dinner brunch um you know your mother's going you know my mother my mother-in-law my sister a bunch of friends you know my 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 sister-in-laws and like so i'm like all right so i got I got Sunday. I, yeah, I'm I'm pod committed. I guess right. So yeah, 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 enjoy the day. You deserve it. Uh, yeah. One so. day a year, it's Mother's Day. Every other day, it's Father's Day. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah. So happy Mother's Day to all the hockey moms. Uh, you know, especially to to Patty, Mabel, and uh, our wives Joanna and Courtney. Enjoy the day. All right, Jersey. Cue the re uh, the rink shrink shuffle there for the uh, for the hockey moms out there. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. <laughs>